1: Jessica Parker, it's time for Must Have Scene TV, the podcast dedicated to the sitcoms of the 20th century. From I Love Lucy to News Radio, or today, Will and Grace, and I'm your TV guy, Brett White, and I'm also a reporter, producer for Decider.com. This week, I am joined by my coworker at Decider.com, as well as the host of This Had Oscar Buzz, Joe Reed. Hello, Joe.
2: Hi, Brett. How are you?
1: <laughs> Hi. This is now, instead of being across uh, desks from each other, we're across a Skype. I know.
2: Website. I know.
1: Whoa! (laughs) You no longer have to be
2: like you have to come onto my podcast. Now I will have been on your podcast. Yeah. This is is this the? No,
1: I've had four people from Decider on.
2: We've had we've been talking about this for a while too. This particular episode too keeps coming up whenever we talk about me coming on this podcast.
1: Well, yeah, and I mean you're the Will and Grace expert, which. Uh, I think at
2: this point you're the Will & Grace expert, but I am also a Will & Grace enthusiast.
1: Well, I guess I'm the Will & Grace revival expert. Yes, Which is a weird badge of honor to wear.
2: (laughs) (laughs) I will hold up the banner for the original season. Certainly at least the first four seasons of the original run, which I think are pretty spectacular. Pretty spectacular old school sitcoming in the 1990s. Yeah, Yeah. I think Will & Grace very clearly at some point became very guest star dependent, sort of <laughs> didn't know what to do with Karen. So they kept sort of resurrecting Stan and, and having Stan go away again. And there are great things in those latter seasons. I mean, Lorraine Finster alone is yeah. reason enough to watch later season. Will and grace the Candace Bergen episode too, is one of my favorites. See? I always bring that up.
1: But let me go on and jump right in and say that this week we are traveling to November 25th, 1999. The world is not enough, rolled the box office. Smooth by Santana and Rob Thomas topped the charts. My okay, apologies like- to literally everyone that now has that stuck in their head like I do. <laughs> and NBC aired the Will and Grace episode, Homo for the Holidays. Joe, you must have seen Homo for the Holidays before today.
2: Oh, plenty of times. <laughs> Many times, plenty of times. I can't guarantee I saw it the night it premiered, although it's very likely that I did. Well, here's, um, the, here's
1: the tidbit. I mean, this is jumping ahead a little bit from my trivia for later on, but I'll just go on and say that. November 25th, 1999 was Thanksgiving. Oh, well, then maybe I didn't see it that Like, night. this aired on literal Thanksgiving night.
2: <laughs> That's a weird thing. Gee, yeah. really, like, push your audience to having odd and uncomfortable conversations with your family members. I'm trying yeah. to think of, like... Little closeted nineteen year old me being like, Oh what? Will and Grace is on? That's weird. What's on football? Like yeah.
1: <laughs> So yeah, what is so what is your history with Will and Grace? We'll get into our history with the show right now. So I knew Deborah
2: Messing from her two Seinfeld episodes and right. also the sitcom Ned and Stacy.
1: Oh yes, with uh, Lowell from Wings.
2: With Thomas Hayden Church, exactly. <laughs> also yes. known
1: as Sandman.
2: Yeah, also that. Also Academy Award nominee for Sideways, Thomas Hayden Church. Um, yeah, I knew I knew Thomas Hayden Church from uh Wing from Wings, from playing yeah. Little Wings. Yeah. Um this is sort of the weird like sitcom shell game where it's just like how'd you get to this one from this other one? Right. Um I
1: mean, what made you start watching Wings?
2: Musty TV. Right. So it's all in a circle. <laughs> yeah it's all in a big ol' circle. Yeah, so I watched I must I must have watched all of Ned and Stacy. I don't think it went longer than two seasons. That was a um, Fox show. Yes, it was a Fox sitcom. But it didn't and... have a real
1: Foxy vibe, if
2: I recall correctly. Well, I feel like there was a point after Friends happened right. where all of the networks decided that all of their sitcoms were going to be young, hip Blank. You know what I mean? That's how Ellen
1: happened. CBS is like, we're going the other direction. (laughs) Well, of course, as CBS has always done, and has always succeeded. Although, I
2: bet you if you go back to those old CBS like fall premiere seasons, I bet you they had one attempt
1: at a youth show every year. Well, this time on CBS, you're dealing with like Ladder Murphy Brown. Well, no, Murphy Brown has just ended in fall '99. But, like, the nanny is probably the, still yeah. on at this point. I yeah. bet you the nanny
2: was their idea of young programming it, <laughs> Like, that Fran Drescher is a young spark plug. Like, Oof. we'll get we'll get him then. Yeah, I mean, it had kids on it, so. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I bet you Everybody Loves Raymond was either had already started yeah, or it, it was, was just about starting. Yeah, it
1: was, like, in season two, maybe, at this point. I think it might have started around the same time as Will and Grace. Maybe the season before. I think it started right. earlier than everyone thinks. Yes, I think Big. because it's one of those shows that didn't really catch on as a either
2: critical or popular success for a little bit. Right. I think it was on for a little bit and then all of a sudden everybody sort of like came around to it.
1: So Will and Grace starts and you're like, gotta watch Stacy's next endeavor.
2: <laughs> right. I'm all in on Stacy. <laughs> and they- also, again, like, closeted me being like, oh, a show about a gay guy because Ellen had already come out, yes. gotten super gay in her final season, and then yeah. was cancelled. And then the mood around the country was just like, well, that's it for gay programming. Yeah.
1: <laughs> like, it's all over. And the fact that NBC went
2: right back on that horse. Yeah. Um, With
1: James Burroughs, too. Like, also being yeah. like, let's take the right. most legendary sitcom director of all time. This is the show he right. wants to do? Okay.
2: It felt bold. And I remembered even, I still remember the ad campaign before the premiere where it was, they would do these little like, you know, Messing and McCormick would have these little like bantering interactions. And then the voiceover would be like, Will and Grace, they're not a couple. They're a couple of best friends. And it was like very like winky, right?
1: Yeah. Yeah. I but like that. you knew
2: what they were getting at. And I remember watching the first episode. And that was like, Jack McFarland in that first episode was honestly just like a shotgun blast of like <laughs> loud femme queerness to your face. And it wasn't yeah. like, It wasn't sexual queerness. What it was was this sort of just, like, I'm here, I'm loud, fuck you kind
1: of a vibe. I'm now realizing it's kind of the kind of queerness that sitcoms were used to having, but the character could never acknowledge they were actually gay and they would be gone after an episode. And I guarantee
2: you—I think that's absolutely true. And I guarantee you, if you had talked to me at the time— I would have been like, Will's a better character, Jack's a little over the top. And yep. if I had ever had to like to, def- to defend it to other people, I would have been like, ugh, Jack's so much, but like, I like everybody else on the show. Yeah. And I think it took me sort of watching Will and Grace by myself, processing it by myself, and then years later, after I was out and talking about the show with sort of like-minded queers, coming around to the idea that I felt all the time and didn't even express to myself, which was Jack... Jack is the better character. Jack and Karen are the funnier Mm -hmm. pair of characters. But that, like, Jack's the revolutionary one on this show. Right. And always has been. Jack was the one who was out loud and proud, was provoking storylines like the Will has... uh, self-hatred storyline in the gym where he calls right jack
1: yeah, yeah
2: like all of those episodes are the really interesting ones about right. Will and grace all of those episodes are the ones that actually broke ground even if you didn't necessarily think about it until after the fact
1: and then sometimes jack dances back up for janet jackson right <laughs> that's the like latter the fact, half <laughs> right. like
2: the fact that will is normal and boring is also revolutionary in its own way because the one the one of the actual revolutionary things about Will and Grace to the larger community to you know the mainstream yeah. community was you got a show with gay characters that people got not necessarily bored with but that like people were able to process beyond just the fact that there were gay lead characters right like Will and Grace became more than it just became a sitcom that people judged on the merits of is it funny has it gotten too old Are there too many guest stars like what's going on and that quiet revolution of will and grace i think the deeper revolution is the jack character and i think you see it reflected in this episode that we're talking about today like most splendidly
1: yeah uh if you go to decider.com you can see an article i wrote from last fall called like i'm glad i wasn't allowed to watch will and grace as a kid which is my history with will and grace but the summation of that is that i I I did not come out or even know that I was gay until I was 21. <laughs> so, and I was 15 when this started, when this episode aired. So, like, yeah. I was, I remember, like, my family had a tradition with Must See TV where in the, like, 94 to 98, we would watch all of it. We would watch Friends, Seinfeld, and then whatever they would throw. You know, your single guys, your Caroline of the Cities, your Union right. Squares. We would watch all of it. Veronica's Closet. Yeah, but as soon as Seinfeld ended, uh, and Seinfeld is gone at this point. Will and Grace is not on Thursday yet um, at this point. But as soon as that ended, as soon as Seinfeld ended, it became like we would watch Friends, and then I would go upstairs and fuck around at the computer making X Men like bitmap images or whatever <laughs> for right. two hours, and then I would come down. And we would watch ER. Uh, but like, so you would
2: skip whatever the uh, ensuing sitcoms yeah. were, or
1: like I, so would, you never um, got to watch Fired Up or uh,
2: Stark Raving Stark, Stark Raving, Raving mad. Ned
1: mm, Mad
2: Stark Raving Mad. Oh, that yeah, was yeah, it. Yeah. Wasn't a play on anybody's name.
1: No, I would. I would have. So like, I'm gonna write a, a show called Stark Raving Ned. I'll tell yeah. you that. <laughs> there was a yeah, there was a little. Um, over the air TV, like they didn't have cable on it uh, upstairs, so I would always have it on. So I overheard a lot of Will and Grace, like mid, mid to late run. Um But oh, I would so watch folks it. Folks would watch it. No, no, like I would be in a separate room. I would go upstairs, turn on the TV to NBC, and I would listen to the rest of the musty TV lineup while being on the internet while my parents were downstairs doing I don't know what. And then I would come I back see. down to watch ER. Um, I see. And I know, like my parents were definitely not cool with Will and Grace because my mom almost quit watching e r when Carrie Weaver came out, and I had to like God. get into a talk about that. oh my uh, God yeah, so it was <laughs> Carrie
2: Weaver's upfront sexuality was way too much, actually, I shouldn't joke about that. Carrie Weaver was a very good character who had forthright relationships with right. Will
1: didn't come out until like season seven that <laughs>
2: was hilarious that was also hilarious like if there was ever a clearer case of (laughs) officious lesbian like yeah Yeah.
1: so uh yeah let's jump right in uh this week we on must have seen tv we're talking about the will and grace episode homo for the holidays it is the seventh episode of season two it was written by alex herschlag and directed by james burroughs here is how hulu describes the episode Jack's mother, guest star Veronica Cartwright, doesn't know he is gay and thinks he once had a romantic relationship with Grace. Joe, how accurate is that description?
2: It's pretty accurate. It's
1: pretty accurate. It's pretty much like...
2: Gets you caught up for the first four minutes of the episode. <laughs> it's like
1: the cold open. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so this is a Thanksgiving episode, and I think that people don't talk about the Thanksgiving episodes of Will and Grace as much as they do other shows.
2: They are, honestly, if you were asked to ask me to rank the top five Will and Grace episodes, two of them, and one of them is a two-parter, would be Thanksgiving episodes.
1: Movable Feast?
2: Movable Feast, yeah. yeah. Movable Feast is great.
1: Just just rewatched that a couple days ago, and it is Ugh. just the opening of that two, this is not even the episode we're talking about, but just the opening of that two-parter, where it's that phone conversation, and it's like yes, a six-way call, and they're yeah. all, and it's all like one shot, so it's all like choreographed and edited so cool. <laughs>
2: yep it's got great guest stars it's it's before they started to overdo it guest stars so it was like you know Blythe Danner always good Bo Bridges used very well yes um Nick Nick Offerman that episode
1: young Nick Offerman like newlyweds with Megan Mullally Nick for sure before I do remember seeing this is again how I knew I was always gay without ever actually knowing I was gay (laughs) I remember watching the Emmys you know during the early 2000s and always being like I liked looking at whoever is on the red carpet with Megan Mullally. Ah, that's like <laughs> me with Juliana Margulies
2: all through the years. It was just sort of just like, oh, I will only watch the Emmys to see Juliana Margulies' hot, hot husband.
1: <laughs> and I did not realize, I did not know what that meant. And then when he got <laughs> cast in Parks and Rec, I was like, oh, that's that guy I always uh, thought was uh
2: i, I never seen. made the connection to that will and grace episode till years later and finally mm-hmm. i was just like oh my god it's nick offerman
1: yeah very good uh so this episode uh opens up with will and grace are unquestionable leads the two funniest characters of the it <laughs> <So>, uh, <laughs> they're they planning we had good episodes in this one i will say i don't want yeah, to they, rag on them too much they both had really good lines i mean yeah and one of, uh, well, I'll get to in a second, but so they're planning dinner and all Grace wants to eat is dessert, basically. Oh, well, yeah, right. She forgot cake. Yeah. She forgot to list cake on the <laughs> list
2: of, doesn't say turkey, doesn't say stuffing, but yeah. uh, she needs cake. So yeah. then,
1: but like then Jack busts in and wait, what does Jack want when he walks in? no he he's made a he's made his like holiday shopping list
2: right for the for the christmas shopping season yeah yes
1: and uh you'll find suggestions in bold or whatever um but then this is where we get the you know the plot of the episode really just starts off kind of immediately because it's immediately like oh by the way we've invited a special guest yeah and then we get like jack's runner of like is it share don't you know trick me or whatever and then
0: it's someone that you love but you don't get to see her very often
1: okay i'm thinking liza but go on (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> it's like you came out of her <laughs> yeah <right. laughs> and then also i thought it was funny that
2: jack's reaction once he realized that they were talking about his mom was very similar to karen's reaction when jack tracks down her mother later on in the series oh, when he yeah. finds suzanne Plachet, her grifter mother
1: oh, um, love it love
2: it and both of those are just like i can't believe you did this i like,
1: know i love so jack so sean hayes's reaction sean hayes was just say, like great in this episode oh yeah absolutely like, god um his he he has like a one-word response, right? He goes like, My mom." Mu- how could you? You don't Rotten Yes, he does. yeah. It's very Alyssa Edwards, just like beast. It's yeah. like <laughs> Rotten and but then yeah. he can't get out any other words as he does yeah. like this cause he doesn't want to uh he doesn't want he to can't see say her. why right yeah. yeah so they get out into the hallway this is where uh, will had the line that i liked i can't um i'm trying <laughs> to remember what she's like what she says oh yes it is she she's she
2: uh she <laughs> spills the beans on something of will's um oh the secret that he shared with his
1: mother about oh yeah <laughs> something about like always helping her pick out bras or something yes that's what it was yeah yeah, 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 eric mccormick turns and he does this with yours
3: you never picked out her (laughs) (laughs) brasiers.
0: we don't need that thank you
1: (laughs) on this is one of those things where you can you know the unsung heroes of sitcoms are the people that can take a line like that which is not funny on the page and can deliver it in a way that is just so good
2: I mean, this is one of the great sitcom casts, right? Where, even you know, Will is not always my favorite character, but Eric McCormick can bring it. And, like, the four of them, and then you add Shelley Morrison to the main credits cast.
1: And, like, that is a pretty, like, granite-solid cast. I mean, this is one of the only shows where all four main cast members won an Emmy at one point. Yeah. Uh, Yep. Um, Which is Golden Girls. Golden Girls and this yeah, because uh, Jerry Seinfeld never won an Emmy. <laughs> well, I think oh, no. no. Jason
2: Alexander never won an Emmy either, which is fucking insane. Yeah, Michael Richards won like three, and Jason Alexander never won an Emmy. It's the most.
1: I can't even talk about it. And well, at least Julia Louis Dreyfus. Well, did she like win one for Seinfeld? She won one for Seinfeld. Yep. Should have been know. more. Anyway, so Uh, anyway. uh <laughs> So like, there's there's this really good like missed connections thing where like Jack is waiting for the elevator and he doesn't come, so he just like storms out, and as soon as he leaves. The elevator opens, and a mystery woman walks in carrying a casserole and just, like, walks straight into Will's apartment. Walks straight into Will's apartment, but says,
3: Hot dish coming through, and she's carrying a casserole.
1: <laughs> right away, you're in love with this woman, yeah, right? it's like, that like is obviously Jack's mom. And... If it wasn't already Veronica Cartwright, who
2: you, you know from Witches of Eastwick and Alien. And... Yeah,
1: but, so what is your main uh, Veronica Cartwright frame of reference? So it's funny at this moment when I first
2: watched that episode my main frame of reference was probably her arc on the X-Files.
1: Oh right, as uh she... Krychek's mom? No, Spender's. Spender. Mom. She oh, was okay, Spender and, and mother. Mother. Wait, aren't Spender and Krychek brothers or something? They might be. <laughs> They're all related. No, Spender, Spender and and Mulder, Mulder are half brothers. Right. Cheese.
2: Um, but she had that, it was, that was, I sort of like waxed and waned with the X-Files, but during a particularly like closely observed period of time with me in that yeah, show, that's she was time. on a big two-parter. That's and like
1: season four, five. Like that's like right yeah. up the peak of it. She
2: was, she was in like the two-part season finale. Yeah. There was a whole, you know, secrets were going to be revealed and whatever. And so that's what I knew her most from. And then after that I saw alien and witches of Eastwick. And so by this point, uh i probably hadn't because i saw alien when i went to college and i had just just around this time it would have been around the same time that i had first seen alien right yeah. so that's that's the big one in terms of movies for her
1: oh yeah uh that's that might be like that next files might actually be the only things i've seen her in so alien is my main point of reference and oh uh, yeah she's lambert yes she's lambert yeah yeah uh, been... good she has such her, a great her reaction screen. Great her reaction face. when she gets the splatter of yes. blood on her
2: from the creature jumping out of John Hurt's chest, yeah, is so she just has this like frozen mask of horror on her face.
1: <laughs> she is so and, good. She's so good. Yeah. So she, um, so the the one thing I wrote down is, so she like timed herself to get to the apartment eighty six minutes. She power walked through Manhattan. For an hour and a half. Yeah. For an hour and a half carrying a casserole. Where? Okay, they never mention it. Where do you think she lives? Well, where do where does, do they live on like an upper side?
2: I think they live on the Upper West. Yeah, like they seem like. Seinfeld was Upper West. I always assumed that they were sort of in the same. Yeah, feels it. I well, think his office is a little more vi- West Village. But I think they're Upper West. That's my guess.
1: I mean, so an hour and a half walk?
2: Yeah. So where she, she might be walking from the village, she might be walking from... Yeah, I can't imagine that she lives, like, far north than them. Unless, unless she lives in, like, Gramercy, or, like... Yeah. And then
1: is, like, crossing the park? Oh, see, okay, see, yeah, maybe she's crossing through Central Park. Maybe she's, she could... like, coming from the Upper East Side... <laughs> But like,
2: even in the Upper East Side, that's a shorter walk. I don't think it takes quite ninety minutes to walk from the Upper East to the Upper she's West. She's like but just we'll doing
1: a whole lot of like circuitous. I mean, she's trying to get them steps in. I was
2: going to say she's like she's crunching her buns and everything like yeah, that. Yeah,
1: like she's yeah. a she's she says like she is Clinching at that point. Yeah. Then we get the big, you know, the gag, the uh, the gag of it all, when she's like, "Oh, you must be Grace." Yeah, I you. I can see why. Yeah, I can such see an adorable why son... couple. Yeah. <laughs> like, oh yeah, boy. I
2: can see my, why my son wanted to date you yeah. and then Mench mentioned, mentioned, drops the bomb that uh, uh, I was so sad to hear that he had dumped you she doesn't even say that you had broke up she was like that he had dumped you yeah. <laughs> and it's like elevator doors are closing and Grace goes to say
3: dumped me? What are you talking about? Jack's a ho! Oh my god she has no idea
1: that's like I think that's a great Deborah Messing line is Jack's a ho? Uh, oh my god really she good. has no idea yeah 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 very good and so then Let's talk really quickly about the theme songs. This is where the theme song comes in. What do you think about the Will & Grace opening credits? Are they too slight to really be uh, substantial? Like, I mean, they're so pretty quick.
2: This was the dawn of quickening opening yeah. credits when opening credits. And I was always a huge, huge fan of big, elaborate opening credits. I came up, I grew up on the Cosby show. Right. The Cosby show had like the opening credits to a new season of the Cosby show were event programming. We oh, would yeah. like gather around and my siblings and I would be like, I wonder what it's going to be this season. And the season that they came out and like the tropical Island thing, when they were doing <laughs> the, the like hula dance or whatever, we were fucking out of our minds with that shit. We were just like, we were crazed. Yeah. So, I'm never in favor of a less elaborate opening credits, but I will say once they established that that was their signature, I was with it. I did not love the season that they had, the four of them in that sort of like studio setting pose at like behind the, the <laughs> oh, logo yeah. of the show. Do you know what I'm talking about? Yeah, yeah, they did yeah. for like one season there. Yeah. And I was like, I don't I don't know. The the weird plastic looks on their faces as they were like being like lightly windblown. I I wasn't into it.
1: So, we get um when the episode comes back, we get Jax like when they when he comes over and they actually finally like reveal to him like she doesn't know you're gay like the the response Jack's responses throughout the entire episode are just so so tight so good
2: <laughs> oh yeah but it's it's the incredulous yeah. expressions from other people that are so funny this is the part where Grace goes like she has met you
1: right yeah and then later Karen like my favorite line of the episode might be <laughs> when Karen finds it, when Grace finally tells Karen
3: like Jack's mother is going to be joining us and she doesn't know Jack's gay how could she not know? What is she, headless?
2: It's the greatest line in the history of the entire show. I, I love it so much. So yeah, I, <laughs> I love it so much. But uh, the interesting thing about Will's reaction is, which I think is like so like true to life and realistic, God, yes. is Will is pissed because yeah. Jack was the one who made him feel so bad and inadequate.
1: There's a really he good, like, the he, he, he basically was. like stalks, like, he backs Jack up like to the living room, the coffee table, table yeah. where he like, then we're digging Shawnee's bends over backwards on that. Yeah. <laughs> and then as well, he's, he's like so
2: cowering in this episode, well, because even, it's like matching his story. Yeah. There's,
1: there's a kind of thing that I wonder, like, I would love to see a shooting script of this. Cause I would like to know little things like, so after Jack gets backed up, first of all, was it in the script, you know, will G- backs Jack up onto the coffee table. And then was it written into the script? Jack says like, I'm ashamed while grabbing the, like, wicker wooden fruit bowl or whatever and like yeah covering like, covers his face covers his it. face yeah. like it's like a blanket and it's like those are the kind of little things that you would think they discovered yeah. on the night sure or like course, during rehearsal. Out. yeah like that's oh, james burrows is like you should do that like grab and also these are the kind of actors like what are their histories are they all like stagey people or if the like malali is right
2: I, I'm pretty sure Malali is a, like has a sketch background, yeah. or at least she seems like she must. She sort of, just judging by even the projects she took after Will and Grace, it yeah. felt it always felt like she had a sketch kind of a background. I actually have no idea about yeah. the other one
1: because they all have such a lived-in quality. I mean, to be honest, like they have the kind of quality that you don't see on sitcom actors on new shows nowadays. Yeah, I mean, gauntlet dropped, (laughs) but there's something to the mastery of all their performances where they all seem to be so natural in the moment reacting to each other and also so aware of their surroundings that, you know, the idea that Sean Hayes would be like, I'm going to grab this bowl and stick it over my head. Totally makes sense.
2: So I'm looking at Wikipedia. It looks like Eric McCormick has a, a Canadian theater background he went to like school at ryerson university in toronto and did like the stratford festival Mm. in ontario which all sort of like fully fits fully tracks yeah so he definitely has like a stage background. Um, Deborah Messing definitely did theater. Cause remember, there was every once in a while you'll get a a still of Deborah Messing doing Angels in America from the like <laughs> pre-Broadway workshop stuff. Oh, wow. So she was a stage actress. I know she was Harper. I can't even get over it. Like, <laughs> I don't even know how to feel about all of that. Um Sean Hayes was second city. Oh, oh. And and I think also I maybe he was he worked in Chicago for a while, so he might have also done like Steppenwolf stuff.
1: I'd love but to see he all was that. Second
2: City, and I'm willing to bet that Megan Mullally was also Second yeah,
1: City. Yeah, yeah, because I feel like in her talking about her relationship with Nick Offerman, like they came up together in Chicago, I think. But Nick Offerman was like a serious, serious actor, and he did not have time for the comedians. And I, so I think that means that Megan Mullally was probably one of the comedians. I think it's the. Or Although not... it
2: looks like now I'm reading her thing and it looks like she just like moved to LA and like signed up with William Morris and started doing commercials and made her okay. way up.
1: That. So I think that that story that I just told was about Amy Poehler.
2: Yeah. <laughs> I think I mean,
1: that's Nick and Amy true. knew each other in Chicago and Amy was running with the comedy people and Nick was a serious actor.
2: Yeah. <laughs> she did study ballet though at the school of American ballet in New York city. So yeah.
1: you could so we also, I just wanted to point out that we also get a shot of grace, Drinking a pie, like she's Wait, she's drinking the filling out of a pie, isn't it? I forgot about that. <laughs> she has like a straw, and it's such a quick cutaway because it's right before Karen walks in, and like Karen and Will
2: have the best interaction in this. Uh, like their yeah. interactions are always so funny, but this is the snappiest one ever. Where he, they just pass each other, and she goes, Will.
1: "Wilma, Cruella," and that's it. And it's so good. I would also say this is one of Karen's most Cruella e outfits because she's oh, one, like, what the is feathery, the feathery sort of like multicolored, like gray feathers, like gray thin pin pin feathers with like black tips. It's quite something. Floating. She really
2: looks like she should be smoking a cigarette out of a yeah. long holder. Like it is very Cruella De are right? The Will
1: and Grace fashion, also just in general is it's such a it's such a time capsule for a specific era that we are just now in retrospect being like, yeah, that was a phase. Or like, yeah. that like the late 90s, early 2000s, all the men wearing giant cord turtlenecks, like ribbed turtlenecks.
2: Can and- I tell you how much I swoon for those turtlenecks these <laughs> days? Like, honest to God. Wide ribbed everything. I remember because wide ribbed turtlenecks were big and also wide ribbed corduroys were also yeah, yeah, a yeah. thing back then.
1: Well, it's also funny that, like, Jack as a character, he's so flashy and flamboyant. You feel like he should dress like, I don't know, Bendelicrim or Laganja Stranja in the workroom, right? Like, <laughs> right. that's the vibe right. he emits. But he's always, like, gap casual. It's always, like, pleated ca- or, like, khakis and a sweater. Khaki vest. Khaki pants.
2: And- so many khaki pants for somebody who's so judgy about everybody. Right. Because, honest to God, I moved to New York City probably a little less than a decade after this episode aired, right? But like already I remember I I was there for a week and I was just like, "Well, I'm never wearing these khaki pants." Like I feel <laughs> like a fraud walking around. I was like, "It's black
1: pants or jeans or nothing
2: or literally nothing." Yeah.
1: And Jack is just so confident in his like white sneakers Dad, yeah. like dad checkered shirts. It's a hairy like, dad ensemble for sure. And the show when never he finally called Elliot, out. I was just like,
2: well, now it all fits. Yeah. like hairy <laughs> dad ensemble. Yeah.
1: So this is when we get the great line of, like, what is she headless? Uh, and then when. I, Karen, Karen's jealousy comes out when Grace says that, like, well, you know, he lied and said that I was his girlfriend, and then Karen is... A f- she keeps such a lid on it for a while, though, because you yeah. don't
2: really realize she's mad until Jack walks in, and then she just goes,
1: Why wasn't I your girlfriend, queerbait? <laughs> yeah, queer, which I do. Could you say queerbait on a primetime sitcom right now? Uh, yeah, I mean, you'd have to
2: be really, really confident that your audience would... Uh, know the place that it was coming from was from an ally
1: it's yeah it's such a weird way of like we're more progressive now but in that specific way like i don't know if you could get away with doing an episode where like a gay person calls another gay person an f word. (laughs) like
2: i think you could in the in if you if you took it as seriously like i don't think you could seriously yeah they did, which yeah. they did but like um you're <laughs> right though there's a lot of things that will and grace would do especially a lot of like the tossed off sort of you know ways that will would make fun of jack i think yeah. couldn't fly the day like at all and probably shouldn't fly the right. day. and so yeah
1: so karen starts so another one of my favorite little moments like karen's like freaking out about this everyone is squabbling all around and jack like to center everyone he just goes excuse oh. me eyes on the crisis okay <laughs> yeah <laughs> <laughs> Which is such a great It's such a great moment of like It's the way that this character That's how he asks for help Is by yeah. still making it Cause it's like drawn out There's like a hand motion that comes along with it And it, he Sean delivers a line Like he's someone that's drowning But it's still like I am yeah. on I am still a showman
2: <laughs> Well and he was only off screen Because Or off stage Because he was in Will's room Picking out like An outfit to come out to his mother in Oh right, right. yeah yeah like, yeah He's very vulnerable in this episode.
1: Which is a different side of him. It's a
2: different Jack, for sure, yeah. And that's why like Karen gets to be extra aggressive. Because
1: <laughs> Jack is so vulnerable. So when the uh Thanksgiving dinner starts, Will has the idea of like going around in circle and having everyone say what they're thankful for and also a secret.
2: Yeah, a secret that they've been <laughs> too cowardly to uh to admit. And Jack begs off and takes a Giant swig of whatever he's drinking.
1: Right. Uh, I, I was thinking about how I kind of want to make a, a supercut of sitcom characters saying what they're thankful for, because oh. this is a thing that happens in you know any Thanksgiving
2: sitcom how, episode. Like,
1: yeah, secrets come tumbling out. <laughs> yeah. Right. Like, yeah. uh, so like <laughs> Jack. One of the things Jack is thankful for, and I don't know why this specific stuck out to me, is like in Style Magazine. <laughs> <laughs> Which to me feels like such a 1999 reference.
2: Very much so. Oh God, absolutely.
1: <laughs> is InStyle still a thing? I, I mean, don't think so. I mean, hey, are magazines still a thing? I mean, there's no. I in, mean, there's the no whole InStyle industry. Is dying. So yeah. if they if they didn't pivot to digital ten years yeah. ago, pff, they're <laughs> yeah, gone. It's, it's at one over. point, uh, so when does at one point Karen calls? Jack's mom, dumb as a box of hair, I have that written down. No, she says that about um something else. Oh.
2: I can't remember. Now. No, wait. What but is it's Karen- in
1: reference to something about it's her. what she's thankful for.
2: Yes. Yeah. Wait. Her pharmacist, her pharmacologist. Karen.
0: Okay. I'm thankful that I found a pharmacologist who's as dumb as a box of hair. <laughs>
1: Ah, that's what it is and it's such a so like that and the uh what is she headless so like those are two jokes that you would hear like a normal sitcom be like what is she blind dumb as a box of rocks right full house would make that joke it would get canned laughter etc i love the fact that will and grace (laughs) did the a to c of like what is she headless dumb as a box of hair (laughs)
2: And then the simplicity one, because I think there's a third line that is like the greatest on this episode, but the, and it goes for a lot more simple one is when after like Karen and Grace have started squabbling yeah. over their fake relationship with Jack, and because Karen says that he cheated on you with me and all of this, and they start squabbling. And and uh, Judith eventually just goes, you know, all of you stop it. I, no wonder, Jack, because at this point, Jack has left the table and he's been upset and he's gone off to the veranda or whatever. Yeah. Whatever the, the version, the, the lanai the of lanai. this apartment. <laughs> um, and Judith's like, well, no wonder Jack's so upset. I know what's going She's like, I, I know uh-huh. what's going on.
3: He just can't stand you two fighting over him. <laughs>
0: One sharp
2: tack, Judith. And the way she delivers that is the killer. There, it's not the line because the line is fairly standard, but she's sort of like she's almost like winking at her, but she's like, "You are one sharp tack, Judith," and then she takes a
1: (laughs) drink, and it's perfection. Megan Mullally's body language, like when they're going through and like telling the secret thing, and Karen's secret is like, "And I and I was screwing him or whatever." Yeah. The way her body language, she like sits back in her chair like yeah. she just like melts into her chair like 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 she's in a low rider car yeah whatever, like a, she's like a just, yeah. cocky asshole and it's so yeah. great yeah i wrote down malali is a force in all caps in
2: my she, at, she at one point uh talks about how uh she's again like demeaning grace about how no wonder he left you for me
0: uh, no, no. He came on to me, okay?
1: Yeah. He was looking for a real woman, not somebody who just lays there like bib lettuce. <laughs> bib lettuce.
2: And then she laughs at her own joke and yeah. she just sort of looks at Veronica
1: Carright and she's just like bib lettuce. Yeah. It's so good. And there's another moment where she says, like, I to throw my martini, and then she just drinks it. Yeah, she, <laughs> she doesn't throw it. <laughs> So, so like after the, whole, like once the, the squabbling is going on, as we mentioned, Jack goes out to the Lanai, which <laughs> Will is a lawyer. Correct. This yes. is where you really get like, yeah, he is definitely a New York lawyer. Cause he has an apartment with that. Oh, I mean, don't get me
2: started on <laughs> this apartment. Yeah. I can't, I'll cry. I'll do something. It's... Although
1: it does. It is weird to me that the TV area is all the way in the back in essentially a closet. Yeah, like that the, weird little alcove yeah. area
2: for it. Well, but that's the that's the reality on all sitcoms. The TV is never where it should be because where the TV should be is where the, the camera usually is. is. Yeah, right. That's where that's where
1: your POV is. But that's like on Full always, House. The TV was always on like a cart pushed in the back, and they would wheel it out, which is like no family wheels out the TV every time.
2: <laughs> um, the Huxtables didn't have a TV in their living room, which is some fucked up shit right there.
1: Like well then you have fr- friends with smart by putting it on the dot like the side like the profile yeah like yes yeah that was really good set design there but like seinfeld
2: had it there it was just yeah usually the camera was it.
1: over it right. usually right
2: right exactly
1: yeah so this is where we get like the emotional uh heart of the of the episode is the talk between will and jack
2: aren't you tired yet jesus, jesus it's christ this... <laughs> anger's
1: my
0: secret I admire you, Jack, because you are more yourself than anyone else I have ever known.
1: Well, look, I appreciate what you're trying to do, but this is different. My my mother will fall apart. She's Jack, 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 Jack.
0: Aren't you tired yet?
2: It's it's writing that would seem a little corny now. I think after the help, I don't think you can do Ain't You Tired Yet? Because uh, <laughs> I always think of it, Ain't You Tired, Miss Hilly? Um but i it's a good it's a good line It gets to the heart of what these two characters mean to each other and what this issue is between them, which is that yeah. will has never forgotten how Jack dragged him out of the closet and is a little you know is a little resentful of it in that like I Jack probably made him feel like a real asshole, but is also incredibly grateful to him right. for doing this. And so he now wants to be the sort of tough love for Jack that Jack was for him.
1: So like this all of this is so true. And like that's what, you know, I wanted you know two gay men to talk about this episode. For this reason of, like, so, like, personally, I remember, so, like, I was, on an Im- I was on an improv team, and I was, I've been out for the entire time I've been in New York, but one of my teammates was, he was straight, uh, uh-huh. he would always make me feel weird about being gay, like, we would do improv warm-ups where it's, like, there's one called Seven Things, where you all stand in a circle, and you have to, like, say, you know, your seven favorite albums, seven, et cetera, seven, et cetera, and he would always make them about, about gay stuff for me, like, you know, seven things you seven reasons you know you're gay seven men you have crushes on it was like you make you're putting too much pressure on this yeah years later he came out
0: and Uh. it was like
1: okay cool but the thing that pissed me off is like literally he was out for maybe i don't know three months or something and we were drunk at the delclos marathon and he's all of a sudden is like yeah man i told my parents you should really come out to your parents it's not that hot I i was just like
0: Oh you, mother, you
1: motherfucker. Like I yeah. have been out of the closet for like 6 years and all of a sudden you're now and the it, but like when Will is so mad at Jack for that reason it's like that's a very real Yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> but like yeah, the, this episode speaks to a very real pressure of like when to come out, like how to come out and like also the the weariness of it. Like uh Will's whole speech of like hiding his is it his Bette Midler albums in his Led Zeppelin sleeves? Or, I think that's what you said. Or Barbara think... Streisand albums in his uh, Led Zeppelin sleeves. I think he said Bette Midler, but yeah. I could be proven wrong. But it's like running through all the ways that gay men, you know, when you're in the closet or not like sure of your sexuality, you like overcorrect. Yeah. Like you really, right. really. I what did he say? <laughs> I, I'm sick. I was sick of reading Playboy just for the article. Right. Like that old chestnut. And the fact that like when I watched this episode for the first time, you know probably a year and a half ago. I think, I mean, I yeah. watched it since I started it at Decider. Um, It's still like 10 years later, 20 years later, dear God, like hits yeah. hard. You
2: know, what's funny is I was, i I fully watched this episode this first time. And probably many times before I came out. And I don't remember having those thoughts. So it must've, I must've watched this at a time where coming out was so far down the road for me. Yeah. So much like not, an imminent thing that I'd never even like allowed this episode to like hit me at that place. Yeah, because I or or if or if I did, I don't remember it. Um, But you're right; like it, it should, have, <laughs> it really should have. Maybe I should have like paid more attention to what Will was saying. Yeah, to, me, to Will, Jack. Jeez. Yeah, yeah.
1: <laughs> but yeah, I mean, they they have the Are you tired yet? Then they have a hug. It's like a real moment of sincerity between the two of them. And then
2: Jack calls Will fat
1: because yeah. Jack
2: has to call Will fat my least favorite recurring gag on that entire show. Yeah. But.
1: Jack's a little asshole, but he's yeah. the asshole that we love. Um, so then he comes back in, he goes back in and he tells, he comes out. I've kept this from you for a long time and, and that's wrong because it makes it seem like I'm ashamed of something I'm not ashamed of. I want, I want you to know who I am because I'm proud of who I am. Mom, are you wearing Chloe? Jack. (laughs) Mom, I'm gay.
3: Oh.
2: Yeah, I like the fact that at that point, Grace and Karen sort of like flip right into support mode. Right. And I like when Karen calls someone honey in an actually in like term of endearment kind of way. Yeah. (laughs) Um, So that was cute. And Karen has the sort of limp joke about like, actually, no, hers is actually a really good one about like, um, when you're when you're old and and infirm, like a gay son will keep you away from (laughs) chiffon, chiffon and and backlighting. Yeah.
1: (laughs) And then uh, Nancy, Nancy Cartwright? No, Veronica Cartwright. Judith, yes. right? Her name's Judith. Yes, Judith. Judith says, uh, "Blah blah blah blah." Oh, there have been some clues, like your favorite nursery rhyme was always <laughs> "Rub a dub dub." Three minutes. Three minutes. Which I think I only laugh at because that's just an objectively funny title. <laughs> it is. It definitely <laughs> is. And then she does the really she reads will or she's like, you've always had these flamboyantly gay friends like, Will." <laughs> which is a fun is an odd joke to that's, I think,
2: a very of its time joke, because the joke there is, isn't it funny? Will's not that
1: kind of gay. Right. Will's, exactly.
2: Will's a good gay. Will's not a flamboyant gay. And that sort of was a thing throughout yeah. that show. It, yeah. it,
1: it is so weird watching how sitcoms your perception of them change specifically like, so like when i watched seinfeld as a kid kramer was the best character now sure. elaine elaine is obviously the best character <laughs> by far. Is... and like when george, you... is, george
2: is george still is still the
1: best but he's the best for
2: different reasons right right I yeah think, yeah yeah. right
1: like yeah. uh and like on friends you're like oh no ross and rachel are great together and as adults you're like no ross is the worst bur- boyfriend in the history of television <laughs> Right, exactly. Uh, And so again, like, you're like, well, Jack is such a cardboard cutout, like, such a stereotype. And now I'm like, no. Will actually says, like, I am proud of, he admires Jack because of how honest he is. In some ways, like, Will is almost speaking 20 years in advance. Like, yeah. That line is ahead.
2: If Will and Grace were ever to have been able to fully sexualize Jack, and I know that, like, on a sitcom, you the sitcom isn't all all of a sudden going to turn into queer as folk, like hardcore sexuality. But I think if the original run of Will and Grace could have given Jack a more sort of like aggressive sexuality, have him sort of just like have, you know, he did sort of have a new boy every week, but it was always sort of off camera and you never really, you know, have him show up with like a, a, you know, a guy in a, song every yeah two episodes or whatever something like that no, i think just the new that season little... does right but in the new season <laughs> he's yes. getting married yeah that's the, that's i mean Hopefully. i haven't i've sort of stopped watching the new season after the second episode You'll, oh that's what i wanted to ask you does veronica cartwright show up in the new season no, at all she's
1: still not shown up at all even though jack is on the phone with her Kind of constantly, at least two, maybe three times, he's been on the I wonder
2: what's up with that. I wonder if she's just like I wonder—is she retired? No, Does she I, still act?
1: I reached out to—I literally I did reach out to NBC about this, and they yeah. like were like, "We'll keep you. We don't know. We'll we we do not know if there are any plans." <laughs> okay. All so, right. Wait. Huh? So who
2: is Jack marrying on the show now?
1: Just some like a uh, boy toy that he met that he's now like serious about. It's not the short little cute. Not cop the short guy, little you know. cop. Okay. Uh, I like that storyline because I relate uh, to being a, a short, bearded person. Uh, yeah. So I wrote. I wrote in my notes that the real twist in this episode is some straight nonsense, <laughs> because oh, uh, like literal Judith's whole twist, yeah, like literal straight. Like, so Jack thinks that him yeah, coming out is going yeah. to be the big surprise, but no, no, no. The real surprise is that straight people are actually. Like shocking because uh, Judith reveals that uh, your whoever who you think is your father isn't actually your father because um, of a key party like you know the yeah, ponchos came Judith, off etc. Judith was part of the ice storm apparently
2: yeah. Um I good the good and bad aspects of this. The bad is you never like to see anybody like lift a plot point from South Park quite so <laughs> close to when South Park did it because South Park probably did this like. Two years most before this happened, if that. Um, And but I will say Veronica Cartwright's delivery of because she's very sort of like nervous about this. And and Jack is like, what are you talking about? And she just goes,
3: it was the 60s. I went to this party. Keys were thrown in a bowl. The bowl was thrown in the pool. Off came the ponchos and nine months later, there you were.
1: I also wanted to so like when she even says like who you think is your father isn't your real father. Uh, Sean Hayes's response to that, this like that little like karate chop, what he does, that like oh, w- what yeah like it's such a good little bit of physical comedy that I will yeah. definitely be turning into a gif. It's so good. <laughs> uh, Did we ever find out who the actual uh, dad was? I don't know. There was that was a storyline they kind of stopped. Yeah, wasn't there an episode about? where he goes. It's someone that thinks he's there on a date and Jack thinks it's there to meet his real father and then they have like a mix up. There oh. some...
2: I don't remember that, but that makes that. I mean, hey, that's kind of a great attractive. that's
1: a great Will and Grace spec script I just read. <laughs> yeah, right?
2: Like get that? So happening. yeah,
1: that's the big, you know, twist. So like basically the episode ends, you know, there's a great Star Wars joke uh where, you know, Jack is talking about like he's a little weirded out about
0: who my real father is. Mm.
1: Just hope when I find him he doesn't or a black helmet and speak with the voice of James Earl Jones. <laughs> Luke, You're a homo. But yeah,
2: that joke didn't. That that joke doesn't doesn't go no, anywhere. I it, think it's sort of it's it's, a, it's what you were saying about the what is she headless joke. It's just sort of like it's there's... really. There's an expected direction, and then there's whatever is the actual yeah, good like joke. Yeah, like it goes the way you would fight.
1: go. Like it's a very first draft joke. It's like they need to switch yeah. out the Urohoma with something that's unexpected because that's what you would expect him to say, and he does. And you know, I, I appreciate right. a good Star Wars reference, so uh, fine. <laughs> and the right, episode ends right. basically with Grace's like passionate goodbye to him as uh, her, uh, her erstwhile. Oh lover. right, the end of their fake
2: relationship.
1: Yeah, and uh, that's Thanksgiving. That's a really good Thanksgiving with them, right?
2: I really it's enjoyed great- it. It's 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 one of the best, if not the best, Will and Grace episode. It's really, really up there. It keeps it puts all four of them together. <clears throat> it touches on some really sort of like true to life and heartfelt issues. It'll and it's at the same time wildly funny.
1: Are you ready for some trivia, must-have facts about this episode? <laughs>
3: <laughs> Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quinns.
1: I tried, tried, tried so hard to find the actual Nielsen, like, though this week's ratings could not, because the site that I go to only does from, like, 88 to 98, so I missed it. But on average, this season averaged 12 million viewers. Like, an episode. So, like, wow. that's pretty high. Uh, so, like, yeah. where do you think it ranked for this season if it had 12 million viewers? <laughs> oh, <Yeah>. back then? <laughs> Probably in, like, the 20s? Lower. <laughs> yeah. Really? Number 44 wow. for the season.
2: <laughs> wow. Oh, people used to watch so much the same yeah. television. So,
1: uh, I, so here... now we all watch our own personalized television yeah, shows is, that are just and for us. I miss the monoculture in a way. Um, anyway, uh, so the top 10 episodes of the season of the 99 to 2000 TV season. So, number 10, Touched by an Angel. Number oh nine, the practice. I loved the practice. Really good. uh Speaking of heterosexual <laughs> nonsense, but I but. loved the practice. Uh, number eight, sixty minutes without fail. Yep. Seven was Monday Night Football. Six, it was Frasier, of course. Five was Friends, of course. Four was ER. And the reason that I had to do ten is because the top three are all Who Wants to Be a Millionaire. <laughs>
2: Oh, it had already begun. So when did yeah.
1: when did, did Millionaire debut in the ninety nine two thousand season? I th- I, f- I thought it was a summer debut. It might have but I
2: could be totally wrong.
1: Yeah, it might have been a summer debut. But I think it then it continued into the s- fall. I don't know. But I mean like yeah.
2: I think it was summer I think it was summer, um 99 because it was the year before survivor now i'm gonna look that up so
1: yeah it's the top three shows of the year all like god yeah it's it's kind of an all over the map top 10 um yeah august 1999 oh okay yeah so it was like right in the thick of the fall season well it was probably it probably started, started like that sweet spot right before all the september debuts so um yeah On IMDb, 256 users rated this episode an 8.5 out of 10. Would you go higher, lower, or is that right on the money? I'd go higher. I think this should be a 9 or above. I would say this is like 9.4, (laughs) 9.5 I would get into. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. So at this point, so this is where we're going to get into some fun uh, scheduling preemptive uh, weirdness. So... Yeah. At this point, Will and Grace aired on the NBC Tuesday night iteration of See TV, and that lineup was Just Shoot Me, Third Rock from the Sun. Let me sidebar to say, I did not think Will and Grace was on at the same time as those two shows. <laughs> For some reason, Just Shoot Me, yes, Third Rock from the Sun, I would I would have guessed would have been over. Yeah, so by I now. guess like there was some weird overlap. Um then Will and Grace and then Various, because the Mike O'Malley show only lasted two episodes. <laughs> so I guess they just shoved whatever in there. And then Dateline at, you know, 10, 9 central. So as yeah. I said earlier, this episode aired on literal, honest-to-God Thanksgiving. And it did that um, because this was... And I found a YouTube promo advertising this specific night of television. This was part of NBC's, like, huge, like, Thanksgiving weekend, whatever. Like, they were playing Home Alone on friday oh, night oh sure they used to and do saturday that saturday night they were having yeah. the providence 2 hour movie Who <laughs> <laughs> was in providence
2: providence Was Providence the
1: uh amy brenneman show or was it no amy brenneman's
2: show was judging, judging amy. amy um providence was Melina no, she would go on to be
1: she was in csi yeah. new york yeah so but so so thursday they were like we're going to have a special thursday so the North. so instead of having so the normal Thursday night lineup was um, Friends, Jesse Fraser Stark Stark raving mad and then ER.
2: But Jesse yeah. set in Buffalo, oh, really? New York where I am Whoa. right now. Yeah. Where was
1: Stark raving Ned set?
2: <laughs> <laughs> now I'm realizing Stark raving Ned was a Simpsons uh, episode. That okay. was the one where uh where Flanders was. Stark
1: raving mad like about a newspaper? Or something, it was about a writer, right. wasn't yeah. it? It was like an author. Was it, it was, uh, Smith or no, was what? it?
2: No, who was it? I thought it was Tony
1: Shalhoub. Oh, it might have, or was that ink? Wait, what was ink? What Tony Shalhoub, Neil Patrick okay. Harris, Eddie McClintock,
2: and Heather Page Kent, who anybody who watches The Real Housewives better knows <laughs> as Heather Dubrow, who used to who went on to be a real housewife of Warren Kent. Oh Kennedy. man. Now I want to go back and watch Dark Raving Mad. Can you have me on for an episode
1: <laughs> of Dark uh, I would Mad? do it in a heartbeat. It lasts a full 22 episode
2: for season, even if four did not air, but still.
1: 10.7 million people watched it. Anyway. Yeah, a Jesus
2: horror marvelous. Tony Shalhoub plays essentially Stephen King.
1: What a show, right? So, but like NBC yeah. was like, no, no, no. This is our Thanksgiving night. We are not going to have Jesse and Stark Raving Mad on this night. So instead. <laughs> bonk ass no, shows. No, so instead, they moved for one week. They moved um, Just they're, Shoot Me and started. Will and Grace yeah. over to Thursday. And so this episode aired alongside the episodes Friends, the one where Ross got high, which is the beef and peas trifle episode. Oh, that's such yeah, a good episode. Might be one Wait, of the best.
2: so that one and Homo for the Holidays debuted same on the same night. That is one of the best and nights. The Fraser, the Fraser the
1: episode real- was The Apparent Trap. Which is the episode where Frederick tries to trick Lilith and Frazier into getting back together on Thanksgiving. Which is also a solid episode. Really good Martin Crane stuff in there. The ER episode is the episode where Nurse Hathaway gives birth.
2: Wow, that's a legitimately all-star night of
1: television. I don't don't know what the uh, the Just Shoot Me episode wasn't a Thanksgiving episode, as far as I can tell. Um, But yeah, like I think you would want to spend Thanksgiving watching that night of (laughs) television.
2: I almost certainly was at my my uncle's house because that's what we would do after we would do Thanksgiving at my my house, and then we would go visit the other
1: my dad's side of the family at, uh, his brother's. Oh, house. we would usually do Thanksgiving on Friday, I think, because my my aunt is divorced, and so like the the her sons would like you know alternate every other year with like so we would we would oh, sometimes sure, do sure, Thanksgiving yeah. like the Friday or Saturday after Thanksgiving because I was like I know a hundred percent that I watched friends the night it aired because we never missed friends uh and i don't recall watching it not at my house so i'm assuming that was at my house yeah i mean that's a great night of television um who would you say had the must-see performance of the episode
2: so this one feels i'm torn if only because Megan Mullally is so funny in this. I, there were three. So, right. So it's Megan Mullally and Sean Hayes from the right. regular cast. And then Veronica Cartwright. <sighs> and I have a feeling you're going to say oh. Oh. Sean oh. Hayes. Who knows? You so, don't know. <laughs> who knows? I know. But, like, that's where I'm, like, I'm hedging my bets, right? <laughs> and, oh, Megan Mullally is so funny. this. Like I said, two of my favorite line readings of all time she gives yeah. in this in this episode. Yet, The fact that Veronica Cartwright only was ever on one episode. So this is the the only only one she was ever on. Is this the only one she was ever on? The only one she was ever on. I thought she
1: came back for at least one more.
2: Wow. Yep. It's it's like it's like um, it's like John Larroquette on The West Wing. Forever, I was like, John Larroquette was on like an entire season of The West Wing. No, he's on (laughs) one episode. Um but it's so like he looms so large. So yeah, I think for that I give it to Veronica Cartwright because like in her one shot on the show, she creates this incredibly indelible character. She's so much fun. She's so like, ah, you wish she would be on more because like, she's, she's a spark plug and she's the best.
1: So, uh, I'm going to give it to Megan Mullally. Sorry, Sean. Hayes. Uh, (laughs) this is your episode. We're giving it to the two straight ladies. Well, Karen's the two ladies, (laughs) <laughs> the two but like late. I honestly yeah. like they're all so good in it. Like even they all four of them made me laugh at one point. So like that is a solid episode. Oh, sure. Uh and yeah. Sean Hayes is so great in this. But I can't get over like what is she headless? Like <laughs> her it's honestly like you said like since Jack is playing um Serious, most of this episode, like, well, not most, but a good chunk. She's just taking on all that energy, and it's just throwing oh, yeah. it back, and it's great. Um, must other people see this episode?
2: Must yeah, other must people they? see this episode?
1: Yeah. yeah. What you yes, they done. they must, uh.
2: or else they're horrible <laughs> homophobes.
1: Let's just put that out there. I think. Yeah, I think this is definitely. I mean, even if you've never watched Will and Grace before, I think this is still. A funny yeah. half hour of television.
2: It's a it's like Thanksgiving episodes are easy because they're about family and and sort of the bonds that we have with our loved ones. And this one doesn't get very sappy about it, but it's still you know it's incredibly yeah. funny and, and has yeah. a
1: really good like emotional core. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Also, exactly. Grace wears a really cool like Chinese restaurant like weathered maroon long sleeve T shirt. Yeah, totally. <laughs> oh, that early, that late 90s fashion. Uh, but yeah, thank you so much for coming by and talking about Home of oh Thank holidays. you for having me. I had so much yes. fun. Please have me on again uh, we'll soon. We'll definitely be talking about Star Craving Mad. Um, <laughs> yes, where can people absolutely. find you on the internet or uh, what else do you got to plug? You have podcasts yourself. Um, well, obviously, uh, you can find the
2: both of us at Decider.com, which is, you know, we're doing our thing. We're getting ready to do our year-end stuff, which is should be very fun. And our holiday yeah. stuff. I know you've got some great get holiday ready. stuff planned. So, for nothing else, get ready for Brett White's my, holidays.
1: Uh, insane sitcom advent calendar coming back.
2: I can't <laughs> wait. It's going to be so fun. Um, you can also find me. I do another podcast called This Had Oscar Buzz that I, uh, my co host Chris File, and I talk about old movies that were destined for Oscar success, but it didn't happen. And we. Go through why our most recent one was on a movie from 2002 called tadpole starring bb oh. newworth she was the one who had Wait, for that has one. she ever so, gotten an oscar nomination nope <sighs> never i know Aww. i know um you can also find me on twitter at joe reed reed is spelled reid awesome
1: happy thanksgiving everybody <laughs> And that does it for this week's episode of Must Have Seen TV. Thanks again to my guest, Joe Reed, for dropping by and talking about Will and Grace with me this week. I want to hear from all of you. Tweet your questions about sitcoms to at Must Have Seen TV or send them to TV at gmail.com. You can also follow the podcast on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, and Tumblr at Must Have Scene TV. If you like what you've heard, please rate and review the show in iTunes. Follow me on Twitter and Instagram at at Brett Light. Read the words that I write at Decider.com. The theme song is Patricia's Moving Picture by The Go Team. Thanks to 8Cats for hosting the podcast. Thanks to all y'all for listening. Happy Thanksgiving, and I'll see you next time on Must Have Seen TV.
3: Selling a little or a lot?